0: I don't know if I'd say I'm on edge necessarily I'm doing air quotes right now um the stock market the the stock market it continues to rally while corn soybeans wheat continue to just kind of drift lower I'd like to talk about the stock market but from a commodities perspective and of course we got to get to the actual ag markets themselves and with a little luck we can provide some fodder for thought today Live from a pecan sandy kind of day via Farm Journal broadcast, this is Agritalk. This afternoon, I will talk with Duane Bussey from Bolt Marketing. Directly following the news, Oliver Slope from Blue Line Futures. I'm in for Chip. It's me, outstanding guestman Davis Michelson. Thank you so much for tuning in to Agritalk this afternoon, everybody. I am fired up and ready to go. Uh, I've been talking to Dwayne kind of on and off all morning here, and I woke up this morning. Actually, I went to bed last night rolling some ideas around in my head that I just, I'm not going to say I lost sleep over it, but I could have. I could have. Um, and so I woke up this morning and quick fired off an email to, uh, Dwayne, who responded, (laughs) dude, if we talk about all that stuff, it's going to be a two hour show. Uh, he's not wrong. So we're going to have to trim it down somewhere. But uh, but I guarantee that, um well, I don't know, guarantee. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I would love it if we could sort of start at the stock market because there's been all this talk, all the money moving out of commodities. Is it really going into the stock market? Are we seeing any signs of stock market fatigue? And really, I think maybe where I want to start is with, I don't know, I, and I don't want to put Dwayne in it in a. In a in a spot where he's not comfortable responding and we'll be careful of that uh but does the stock market like pay attention to the fundamentals like we're obsessed with export sales and things and the technicals in the grain markets um do the same things that drive the commodities also drive the stocks and if so is there something we can be looking out for i don't know you maybe you beloved listeners already know the the answers to this question and you're throwing tomatoes at your radio that's fine that's fine i don't care for tomatoes but i can take it because i feel like this is information that needs to be out there and even if even if you're comfortable in this in this world talking about the stocks versus the commodities i do believe that just opening up our minds refreshing our thoughts on these concepts uh, i think is may turn out to be extremely valuable in the coming weeks here Uh, dwayne Bussey's going to do his best to keep us out of the rhubarb and i can't wait to talk to him and then of course we've got Oliver Slope, just as soon as I uh, finish up with the news here last week, Oliver was all hopped up on cattle. We're going to find out how he's feeling about the cattle market today, and then uh, we'll see where the conversation goes from there. But first, I've got information, including wheat futures, which continued lower, but bounced off session lows thanks to pressure on the greenback. USDA projects 2425 wheat planted acreage of 47.0 million acres. With harvested acres, hmm, this doesn't look right. At 86.6 million, we planted at 47. Hmm, I'm going to have to check that number. A national average yield of 49.5 would produce a 1.9 billion bushel crop. March SRW futures found support at the Jan 18 low of 573 and a quarter. Resistance is layered at the 10, 20, 140-day moving averages. USDA also reported wheat export sales of 350,000 metric tons for the weekend of February eight. That's down 8% from the previous week and 25% below the four week average. March hard red winter wheat futures were 12 cents lower today, 575 and three quarters. March soft red wheat fell 18 and one half cents to 567. March spring wheat closed at 658, down four and one half cents today. And I guess my, you know, the exports were not that impressive this week. My question is how close are we to becoming competitive on the global scene as an exporter? I think that's a valid question in the corn news corn futures fell to a fresh contract low despite supportive outside markets usda's initial look at 24 25 projects 91 million acres planted to corn and harvested acreage of 83.1 million on a national average yield of 181 bushels per acre the international grains council raised its forecast for global corn production but it also raised use USDA reported corn export sales of 1.31 million metric tons during the weekend of Feb 8. That's up 7% from the previous week and up 13% from the four-week average. Still, March corn closed below support of 4.20 and a half. Fueling bearish sentiments. I mean, not just below. March corn futures 6.5 cents lower, 4.17 and three quarters. May corn dropped 7.5 cents to 4.29 and three quarters. July corn futures closed at 439 and three quarters down seven and one half cents today. I think the question on everybody's mind is how low must corn go? We need a bounce in here. Let's get this thing turned around. I don't know what it takes. Soybean futures fell to a multi-month low today because why not? Northern Brazil has been benefiting from drier weather the past few days, but a more active weather pattern is in the near-term forecast. USDA projects 24-25 U.S. soybean acreage of 87.5 million harvested acres, 86.6 million acres on a national average yield of 52.0 bushels per acre. USDA reported soybean export sales of 353,800 metric tons for the weekend of February 8. That's up 4% from the previous week, but down 23% from the four-week average. March soybeans have slid to the lowest level since June 1. Um, when I wrote this, prior support was at 1162 and a half in the March. March beans were eight and one quarter lower at 1162 and one quarter. I don't know if that counts as a SAS close, but we are one quarter of one cent below (laughs) prior support. Uh, May beans down 10 and a quarter, 1166. July 1175 and a quarter down, uh, 11 cents on the day. Wow. We're running out of time here. March cotton 115 points higher. 94.63. 9463. Uh we'll get to the cattle's on the other side here but first let me bring in Oliver Slope. Oliver from Blue Line Futures. Dude, you're all hopped up on the cattle's last week. Uh what do you what do you think today? Oh, perhaps there is a giant resounding no. <laughs> on the Oliver Slope. All right, fair enough. We'll we'll stick in here. I wasn't checking my thing here. Uh let's do talk about that livestock news cuz fat cattle futures Threatened a fourth consecutive day down, but managed to recover by the close on technical support, I guess. USDA reported net beef sales of 16,600 metric tons for 2024. That's down 19% from the previous week. USDA projected beef production of 26.19 billion pounds, down 3% from 2023. Beef exports projected to fall 8.3% from last year. April live cattle today a buck sixty higher at one eighty five sixty. June futures scampered seventy five cents higher to one eighty one eighty seven and one half. And March feeders were eighty seven and one half cents higher at two forty seven and ten. And here's the thing: when we're talking about, you know, I put in here that okay, some technical features were uh, supporting the uh, the fat cattle futures today anyway. And let's not forget, man, I I didn't even mention that lower corn price. That's something that sort of fell off my radar. I mean, you. You got lower corn, you got lower beans, you know, it, it starts to starts to winnow away at the feed costs here. And, and so that that may be playing a role as well. Uh, Dwayne Bussey did mention he wants to talk a little bit of cattle today. So uh, despite uh, despite our <laughs> regrettably missing Oliver today, we'll still definitely get that cattle conversation in. And let's wrap it up with the hog futures, which posted follow through gains today with strong export sales, providing support. April lean hog futures 47 and one half cents higher at 85 bucks on the snout. June hogs added 92 and 5 cents to ninety seven All right. When we come back, I've got Dwayne bussy. Um, the list is long. We'll try to keep it simple. That's more for my sake than for yours, beloved listener. But I've got some questions for Mr. Mr. Busse. Um I can't decide if I want to start at the stock market or if maybe We should start at inflation and interest rates. Um, Alan Hoskins from American Farm Mortgage had an interesting comment this morning. Let's start with that. We'll start with that. AgriTalk. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, AgriTalk is live every weekday. And welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Chip is on his way back from lovely Louisville, Kentucky, and the National Farm Machinery Show. A great time was had by all down there. Sounds like it was quite the deal. Uh, I know Chip will have lots to talk about. He's always so excited when he comes home from these things. Uh, He's giddy, you know, and it's great to see. It makes my heart warm. Uh, in the meantime, I've got a conversation with Dwayne Bussey from Bolt Marketing Chambered here. Let's bring him in, Dwayne. Thank you so much for uh, for wading into these waters with me, brother. I appreciate you. How's everything?
1: Oh, yeah, everything's great. Yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: You're, uh, I have you up in uh, South Dakota, correct?
1: Yeah, northeast part of the state. You bet.
0: All right, talk to me about the weather. We can't, we can't not be talking about the weather, you know? <laughs> right actually it's
1: been an awesome winter probably one of the best ones i can ever remember i'm only three miles from the north dakota state line and i've got no snow um it's it's been a little tough ice fishing actually believe it or not (laughs) which is weird because we're this far up you know last spring chip joked with me that while everyone was planting corn in iowa i was still ice fishing in in april um last year so a little different this year no everything looks good right now it's great
0: it was actually true though weren't you actually ice fishing while others were I, I was,
1: it was kind of funny, you know, yeah. yeah, I think I listened to your guys' show, and I sent him a picture, we kind of nailed the walleyes that day, and That's I was like, right. no, we're not planting corn, we're fishing, and he couldn't believe it for a while, so I did it the next day, just to prove him wrong, so. oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy. Well, and, it, you know, okay, so so it's super fun to have a nice, warm February, uh, especially for you folks further up north, um, I'm mm-hmm. a little nervous. I'm looking, you know, I'm here in Kansas City. We were dry to begin with. Uh, it's awfully dry out there. Now, we generally don't don't rely on the snow melt quite as much down here. We rely on the snow to melt up in your area to help us out down here with our rivers and keep everything flowing up there. Uh, soil moisture, thoughts up there uh, in your area, Dwayne?
1: We're fine here. We're, we're good. Okay. But, it, yeah, but you do have a good point. I mean, the, the last time we were even remotely this dry it was probably 2012, which ended okay for us. We had enough moisture, but but yeah, obviously Iowa, Illinois got dry and uh, commodity prices took off, which is kind of ironic to kind of mention that year and that, because I remember where the commodities were at going into that. We We had large supplies and we were all bearish and, you know, very depressed. And once you get that way Mother Nature tends to throw a curveball and we're kind of in that same situation where these gray market just keep plummeting lower every day and it feels like we're in a big bearish cycle but uh, we got a lot of growing season in front of us this year Davis so it's funny you sure. bring that up
0: Sure absolutely well let me uh, let me bring us to this question of all the things that we discussed discussing earlier this morning this was not among them um, but Alan Hoskins from American Farm Mortgage, was talking to chip this morning on the show and I thought he made a really interesting point. You know, they were talking about uh, the ag banks bankers with that eighties experience. I mean, they're not going to be able to be here with us forever. Things are tricky now, uh, as far as I understand, not as bad as the eighties, but I mean, I feel like we might need some of their experience coming up here. <laughs> are, are we on the cusp of what might be termed a modern farm crisis in retrospect one day? Well, I
1: I think it's possible, um, you know, to to have a farm crisis, say, I mean, what you're going to need is depressed commodity prices for several years in a row. And that's at the opposite. If Mother Nature throws us finally a near perfect growing season, we raise a 185 corn yield. Well, we Mm -hmm. already know from the acres we're estimating, that would be a serious problem. So, Yeah. yeah, that combined with, you know, a CPI number last week that showed that interest rates should stay higher for longer, yeah, I mean, we sure could be at the cusp of that. Um, I kind of hope not. I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I'm not that old. I didn't farm through the 80s, but I, I remember yeah. my dad. daddy through the yeah, 80s. Same. He wasn't really thrilled then. So I don't think I want to do it either.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and Hoskins made the point that through, through some of these, these uh, rougher waters, maybe we could call them inflation, higher interest rates, you know, narrowing profit margins. Uh, he almost mm-hmm. talked about it like perhaps an opportunity for farmers to, uh, to become more savvy using financial instruments, and to to maybe branch out and think, okay, well, maybe my marketing plan needs to look just a little bit different given current conditions. Would you say that's fair?
1: Oh, that that's a hundred percent accurate. I mean, it the the store and ignore needs to kind of go away. Um, and sadly, it didn't this fall, but I bet you does next fall. You know, there's interest charges on this and storage charges. And normally you can get the market to rally off of harvest lows, right? Well, we got the exact opposite this year. And I got caught up with too much supplies myself on my farm too. But no, you're going to have to, if you've got a big line of credit loan with a high interest rate, say 9% plus, you got to factor that in when storing this grain and when selling pre-harvest, Um, cash is king. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I I do want to get to that um but before I'm going to rather ham-handedly change gears here um a really smart friend of mine made this and I'm sure you've probably heard this before the stock market is like uh, a yo-yo on an escalator over time generally higher day to day it'll make you crazy um we're we're seeing I'm hearing people just keep talking about the money that's moving to the stock market and away from the commodities. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess I don't, I, I don't know how I would recognize if, if it's all run out, if there's stock market fatigue that at some point is going to jump in here and flip the script. And now we got money coming out of the stocks and going into the commodities. I'm just, I'm just wondering if Mm. we, it feels foolish to compare the stock market and the commodities. As apples and apples, I'm just wondering if you can help me get my head around this.
1: It No, it's a great question. It, yeah, I, I think I was like many people years ago thought, okay, it's the stock market's due for a pullback here and thought it was going to. And then we just started printing more money. And now it feels like the stock market will never crash ever, ever again. It only goes up and it's like, right. mm, that's probably what you say right before it does crash. So mm-hmm. it it's very interesting. I think what can tie the two together, commodities and the stock market, is maybe like the index funds. Uh, They're the ones that when they buy our commodities, they only go long. They got out of all those long positions, almost all of them, when the interest rates started to drop and plummet. And now when they shot, I'm sorry, they they did it when the interest rates shot up. And they're starting to buy again. So I think that means I think interest rates are going lower. But with last week's CPI number... And now it looks like higher interest rates for longer. Maybe those index Mm -hmm. funds don't buy, but I think we need the interest rates to drop back down for those index funds to maybe that money to leave the stock market and come back in a commodity. So that's kind of one way I can tie the two together.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, and you know, sometimes both corn and cattle move higher in the same day. I'm (laughs) sure it's possible, at least on a short-term basis, for the stock market and for the commodities to to serve us all equally. Mm Mm-hmm. But as a as a broader trend, I think is it pretty safe to say they move in opposite directions?
1: I in general is that overgeneralized? Yeah, I think, yeah no, I, I think you're right there. I mean, you're right. Say the stock market starts pulling back. Um, say we finally do get to the point of like, you know, inflation's really bad, and the stock market starts to go. Th- that money that leaves. Won't just sit on the sidelines with inflation right. still high. You need to be making money. You can't just sit on it. Um, you know, bank savings accounts aren't that high yet, but they've gotten better. So they'll look for a place to go. And if you exit the stock market right now, and let's say corn's down to three ninety nine on the board, I know we're not quite there yet, but I think we're headed there. Um, that's going to look fairly cheap, especially with a full growing season in front of you. So maybe you start buying some commodities. I at least that's what I hope happens this summer, Davis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, and we've we've already seen some index funds showing up as buyers too, haven't we?
1: Yes, exactly. To my point, the index funds, I think, are starting to buy it, it which, you know, they're long only, so yep. they are starting to feel like there's value in these lower commodity prices. And our export sales kind of show that too. Corn, you know, for the last four out of five weeks, corn exports have been pretty good. Problem is we still have so much corn. It's not like we're going to run out or the price has to go higher. So it's not scaring the managed money funds out of their short positions by any means right now.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, just one more thing real quick before we leave the stock market discussion we'll get to the markets on the other side of the break here we got about a minute left duane um let's talk about going electronic stocks went electronic before the grains did as far as the trading goes but is i mean human emotion must certainly still have its way in the pits to a degree
1: i th- well i think to the degree that these computers and algorithms trade off of our human emotion anymore. I think. Good. Yes. You know, yep. it, it, they know us farmers want to buy corn, and we're trying to buy it back. We're frustrated with this price, and I think they know that if they push it down a little bit more, we'll finally puke and give up. And that tends to be the low of the market. Sadly, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. so it, it is interesting how it's changed. You know, it used to be in the pits. You know, you knew who was buying, so then you could have an idea of of why they're buying you know now you have no clue other than it's a computer on the other end so it really does change the demand um the setup we have but it's here to stay right so I, well, there's sure. nothing i can do about it
0: well yeah and i guess maybe that uh, we can put a bow on this conversation by you know taking that back to inflation and interest rates and banking and all this sort of stuff or are, are these things giving opportunities for farmers to become more savvy on uh, a A new way to do things, or at least a new way to think about things. Dwayne Bussey is my guest today from Bolt Marketing, all the way up in South Dakota, almost to North Dakota. He's way up there. Uh, Great conversation about the stock market and uh, money movement and and so forth. We're going to get down to the brass tacks. Uh, I believe we'll start with corn here. How low does corn have to go? We'll see what Dwayne thinks next. Let's click on over to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes. For March hard red winter wheat futures were 12 cents lower at 5.75 and three quarters. March SRW wheat down 18 and a half to 5.67. Wow, 18 and a half, man. March corn futures six and one half cents lower, 4.17 and three quarters. May corn dropped seven and one half cents to 4.29 and three quarters. March beans, eight and one quarter cents lower today, 11.62 and a quarter. May beans slid 10 and one quarter cents lower to 11.66. Hey, March cotton 115 points higher today, 94.63. On your cattle's April live cattle, a buck 60 higher, 185.60. March feeders 87 and one half cents higher, 247.10. April lean hog futures 47 and one half cents higher at 85 bucks on the snout. Get more market news every market day. Visit Triprofarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. When news breaks, the newsmakers talk about it on AgriTalk with Chip Flory. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everyone. Your pal, Davis Michelson, here behind the big green, leafy microphone of AgriTalk in Chip's stead. He is sojourning toward his own bunker. He'll be back tomorrow morning for the Friday Free For All looking forward to that. I think we've got the gang back together actually tomorrow morning. Everybody's been traveling so much. Um once again, welcome back to Agritalk. Dwayne Bussy from Bolt Marketing is my guest today. Um Dwayne, let's let's talk a little bit uh corn market here. Let me just pull from my own news commentary. March corn closed below support at 420 and a half fueling bearish sentiments. March corn futures closed today 417 and 3 quarters. They didn't just sneak below that support, did they?
1: No, yeah, really kind of an ugly trade today. You know, after yeah. the outlook forum numbers came out, we we settled a little bit, rallied back and but then the problem is that, that report didn't give the shorts any any reason to be concerned about being short in fact that made them maybe more confident to continue to sell and what I mean Oof. by the shorts those managed funds that mm-hmm. I think I've heard chips say before, they have to stop selling first so we can find a bottom and he's he's very right, That's right about one. that. Yeah. Yeah. And not today. (laughs) It should really sum it up. Well,
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, do we do we have to hang a three handle on this thing to uh, to make it scary enough?
1: Oh, it's funny. You mentioned that. And I did kind of tease that in the last segment. I'm getting really good at this radio thing. You, you oh yeah. It's awesome. Segment, right. Yep. I'm really coming around here. We've done this for what, 10 years. We should, <laughs> should be getting better at it, but, uh, I, I, I kind of do now. I just threw that out there. It's just kind of a crazy number. Um, like I said, the, the computers and algorithms kind of tend to trade off our human emotion anymore. And, uh, I know just being a farmer myself and a lot of other farmers, you know, a lot of them have bought March corn back trying to buy the sold bushels that they sold that they want a better price for uh, because we're used to higher prices, right? But 417 relatively maybe isn't a bad price. But I feel like this market's job or the Algro's job right now is to get the bulls out of the market, um, get us to where we all give up. We all are bearish and You know, sometimes these markets bottom when the news is the most bearish. And I kind of wonder if like a 399, 398 handle would sure do that. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'll say that I'm afraid we see a three before these funds are done selling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, USDA put that 181 number out there. They're convinced that one day we're going to get there, aren't they?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you want to get everyone stirred up on Twitter this afternoon. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) let's get it going. Yep. You know, just throw out the, you know, what is that three or four? Uh, bushels above last year's record yield but never mind but it is a trend line i mean if i'm doing their job i'm going to throw the same number out there um you want to get really bearish and everyone torqued off i mean to me i think we're kind of due for something above trend line you know what if we put a 185 out there you know then then we can start talking go back to the first segment on the farm crisis we talked about again oh geez
0: yeah yeah well and we have had discussions about you know what happens with these modern genetics if we get you know, really oh. good growing conditions across most of the corn belt. I mean, imagine that everybody gets good rains, timely rains, gets it all done at the right time. You know, all that sort of stuff. I think you're you're absolutely right. I think there's potential to to exceed that yield number. Boy,
1: well, I, I think we got at least consider it. You know, we talked earlier about the weather up here in in South Dakota. You know, no snow. Um, a lot a lot of times for me farming up here actually. It, Pre-sip in the spring has been our Achilles heel. We can't get everything planted on time. Right now it looks great. What, what if North and South Dakota plant more corn acres because it's nice and warm come springtime? And then, you know, uh, yeah, no, we're not gonna yield awesome numbers like you know, the guys in Illinois, but we can still the genetics really changed up here too. Yeah. What if we increase the acres a little bit and raise a 185? Um well, and then we go back to some of what you guys have been talking about. We'll be low enough. Hopefully, we can get new demand started with some aviation fuel or something, because our ending stocks are gonna be above 2.6 billion if that's the case.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Looking out, how how far sold do you like to see people on new crop corn at this point? Uh,
1: More than myself. Uh,
0: <laughs> okay. All
1: right. Well, this is very
0: confessional today. Let it all out, Dwayne.
1: I, I really am, Arna. You can tell I'm a pretty honest guy that just that spills it I out. I love that, it. You know, we know we haven't sold hardly any new crop, just didn't really like the price, if I'm being yeah. honest. Now, looking back, you know, when, when people were questioning it in December, I, I really wish we would have now. But uh, let me say this, though, too. Um, I don't think the funds have ever gone a full year staying short the market. Well, if I think the funds go record short, say 300,000 short to get us to 399, that's a lot of short positions to get out of if we have a weather scare. So mm. I guess, you know, at 456, I don't have any sold. I wish I did, but I'm going to be patient. Um, you know, we're in almost the bear- most bearish time of the year, Davis. We got the outlook form. You know, yeah. they're going to throw in a trend line yield. Everything's fine. That's not the way it's going to go, though. We'll have scares. Yeah. And when we do, sure. We have to be aggressive selling it.
0: Okay, I like that. Yeah, be ready to take advantage of opportunities. Um, Mm -hmm. In the soybean market, does a quarter cent below support count as broken support? We're at 11.62 and a quarter. (laughs) We just broke through 11.62 and a half. Do we count it? Uh,
1: (laughs) Well, I think (laughs) we do. And here's why. Because uh, the trade action is maybe even more important than that technical indicator and the trade action is just bearish right now it's just we talked earlier about the path of least resistance and yeah i i think your next support is eleven forty five, which is the contract lows and i I think i think we got to go try test that before march goes off the board here and at that point i I hope the funds are short enough and maybe the Mm -hmm. stock market starts going the other way maybe maybe we can start to get a rally at that point you know our soybean situation davis is still fairly tight domestically the the problem is is it's it's getting a little bit bigger instead of getting tighter, so we're not—we don't have to ration demand, but we don't have a ton of soybeans. I mean, if we don't plant the increase acres of soybeans, like USDA forecast this morning, it's going to stay tight. So, yeah. there, I'm even more bullish the soybean market longer term than I am corn. Short term, still very bearish though.
0: Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I do want to make sure we get to the cattle. But if I'm looking at the March soybean contract at 11.62 and a quarter. I look at the July at eleven seventy-five and a quarter, and then Sept we fall all the way back down below eleven fifty to eleven forty-seven and three quarters. Does this spread setup tell you anything? Uh,
1: tells me that I I don't quite understand it, and I don't get it. I, you know, to me, November beans—if let's go out that far around that eleven forty-one area—that needs to buy those acres. Now USDA says we're going to get them, and maybe they're right, but that price isn't helping. Um, Yeah. So, no, I, I think that needs to change a little bit. You know, yeah, the, the carry is coming down here today, but I think November beans really have support and why I'm not really interested in selling new crop at this level.
0: Yeah. Okay. How much new crop you would you recommend having out there now sold already? Same answer. Well, a little bit more we, than than you do?
1: A little bit more than my farm. I, I would recommend <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know davis we're getting to the point if you did sell a lot of soybeans before let just say somebody did yeah. getting to the point where i almost wanted to buy them back here once mm-hmm. we get to 11 on march i'd say be buying back november especially if it's at this lower price yeah. than the nearby it doesn't make sense to me that way so um i'm getting bullish no i don't want anything sold
0: that's a really interesting play i like that a lot i'm glad you said that um you did also mention that uh, you know Oliver was all hyped up on cattle last week, and then we were unable <laughs> to make the connection with him this morning. So I have no idea how he's feeling about it this week. But um, I, from what I'm gleaning from our conversation, you might be slightly bullish cattle yourself.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very bullish that cattle market too, and yeah, I, it's hard not to be. Okay, we've talked a lot about the funds and their positions. You know, in the grains, they're they're nearing record short. Right. Well. Let's just look at the setup from last year. The funds were near record long the cattle market. Maybe it was record. I can't remember right off the top of my head. But we had this big crash, right? This like $50 pullback per 100 weight. That was mostly funds just exiting all those long positions. They never really did go short. They just kind of okay. go flat cattle. Right. They've started to buy that back, Davis, because the fundamentals look good again, right? The cattle inventory report showed that we have less cattle than a year earlier. So with the funds having this much buying ability yet, I kind of feel like we can go back and test last year's highs in cattle. At least we can have that conversation. Now, before it gets up there, I will be hedging and recommending guys to protect profits out in deferred contracts. But yeah, no, I'm very bullish this market. Cash cattle sounds like they're coming in around steady money today, but I I think next week they can be higher.
0: Um, From USDA here, they projected beef production at 26.2 billion pounds. That'd be down 3% from 2023 but beef exports projected to fall more than 8% from last year. Um, mm-hmm. a, a combination of factors there, maybe tighter supplies leading to higher prices, leading to exporters maybe more willing to buy this mystery meat from India instead.
1: <laughs> mystery meat, I like that. Um, no, you're right, Davis. The, the thing is I I think we haven't got to that price level that that happens yet a lot. But you're right, that's, that's why even though I'm bullish, um, I need producers to not listen to just, just the fact that I'm bullish. Once we get up to these higher prices, economics just takes over. Um, we'll import more beef here. We'll export less, especially with the dollar train the way it is. So, And that's why in the deferred months, I will be protecting them eventually.
0: Yeah. Well, it'd be nice if uh, if maybe pork could get a little bit of that demand.
1: Well, they did this morning,
0: Davis, man. Weekly yeah. export sales were
1: fabulous for pork. And I wonder if the market didn't know that was coming yesterday a little bit. Uh, China mm-hmm. in there buying a lot of our pork even though they're on a holiday i guess somebody's working over there that's good somebody's to see.
0: doing something yeah clearly um Duane, this has been a been a terrific conversation for uh, for our listeners here and for me as well if people want to get more information about you they're you're just interested in what you have to say where can they find more info
1: yeah if they want to know whenever i finally start selling new crop they can <laughs> call me directly here at 605-448-2365 Or they can always check us out online at boltmarketingllc.com.
0: Boltmarketingllc.com. Dwayne, I understand you're off to a a junior high basketball game, eh?
1: Yes, that's right. Got a seventh grade boy playing basketball. And, you know, you mentioned how awkward junior high basketball was. Boy, back when I played, every time I touched the ball, I would fall over because my feet weren't (laughs) catching up with my body. Luckily, he's (laughs) a lot better than I am.
0: (laughs) You and me both, brother. Dwayne Bussey from bolt marketing thanks so much for your time today sir wish you the best at the game when we come back uh, i'll have a few words a little cleanup from this morning's news Ooh, and i've got some fresh steaming hot fertilizer numbers for y'all check it out on agritalk i don't know what you're thinking so call us at eight five five four talk ag and tell us what's on your mind. I don't know if there's time for all that. I got a lot to got a lot to get in here. This last segment, uh, I'm hoping we can we can do that. Man, what a great conversation with Dwayne Bussy from uh, from Bolt Marketing. Uh, always good, always good. I appreciate him. Kind of veering from our usual sort of stuff. Well, you. have you listeners know how I like to do that. I'll, I'll kind of bring in a topic that maybe we don't talk about a whole lot, or we'll start super broad on something. But uh, he was really, really bringing it with the uh, the corn and soybean analysis too. So it was a it was a great conversation. Um, I I don't know how many people have heard outside of the Kansas City area here, um, but there was a, unfortunately a tragic shooting yesterday uh, after the Super Bowl parade, and it was really sad. Um, I, I don't know a ton of details about it other than there there was at least one who unfortunately did not survive the incident. So um, if you all are praying, folk, uh, prayers for those like 20-some injured um, and everybody was having such a great time, it was right at the end. Everybody's trying to go to their cars and get home safely and, you know, go on about their, oh, hello, remember, it was Valentine's Day. Um, imagine being involved in something like that on, on Valentine's Day and coming out, you know, terrible. Uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, to all those folks and uh you know go go chiefs hang in there everybody in uh another thought that i had here was to share some fresh numbers on fertilizer with you because uh i think we're headed higher gang and i i don't like what i'm looking at these uh these numbers are out um we'll get fresh numbers later on this afternoon and so we'll we'll have to see what those give us but from earlier on in February, the, uh, the numbers look like this, anhydrous ammonia in uh, Iowa and Illinois. Remember, I'm using USDA's numbers. They come out every two weeks, and they do Iowa and Illinois. So I average those two, and I call it a Midwest average. There I go with those air quotes again. Uh, so in Iowa, they reported uh, anhydrous ammonia at an average of 737.60 per short ton in Illinois during the same time they pegged NH3 at 785 per short ton put together that's 76130 for an average there up $3.83 on the week we are slowly sneaking higher on anhydrous gang and i know a lot was put down in the fall um we'll just have to see what ha- what happens here we're getting some lower natural gas prices and i don't know i'm conflicted as to whether or not to the degree to which natural gas prices influence actual retail fertilizer values particularly nitrogen and as well on uh, on phosphates there i I, i'm just not real sure i i don't if somebody's telling you to count on lower natural gas prices to become a panacea in the fertilizer markets i would be careful and maintain your your current course rather than veering too deeply into the rhubarb i'm looking at dap here now reported at an average of 741.89 that's up 10.22 dollars 22 From the previous report, map up uh seven dollars eighty-three cents to eight oh eight sixty-three. Dap and map is a they're tricky ones. The the whole phosphate market is kind of a mess, especially on the global side. China's circled the wagons on phosphates, Morocco's finding other, other people to play with. Uh Russia with the Russia stuff. We do have domestic production, and some in South America. There are others. But <laughs> let's hope that that phosphates don't get tight on us here vitamin k your potash i've got iowa at 55020 illinois at 51958 for an average of 53489 that's up 435 from usda's most recent report the uan's have been a little spooky to me uh 28% not so much that's that's at 37422 in this report that's up just 4 cents that's okay we can live with that uh it's 32% that that had really concerned me because it's gone so many weeks and I didn't go back and and do the homework and count how many weeks UAN 32 has been a no bid um which to me just sort of sounds like we don't I don't know what it's we don't know we don't even know um I was afraid that that would mean a price spike we're up 650 here as UAN comes in with a price update on the board at 37850 per short ton um not too bad there when compared um by the pound of n to NH3, urea is looking the most overpriced of the uh of the nitrogen new product. Excuse me. Um we're at Iowa, five eighty nine thirty three. We're in Illinois, five twenty six forty for a Midwest average reported by USDA of five fifty seven eighty seven per short ton. That's up fourteen dollars fifty nine cents. Well overpriced compared to anhydrous ammonia. In fact, um on an apples to apples basis Hey, I said that twice in today's show, huh? And it's weird I had an orange for breakfast. On an apples-to-apples basis, urea, everybody else is overpriced compared to NH3. And when I've seen this before, it pulls NH3 higher. I'm afraid that's there's there's just the risk of that there. Farm diesel is up three cents on the week. Um, USDA tagged it at 2.95 in Iowa, 3.11 per gallon in Illinois once again that hits us at 303 for an average up 3 cents on the week. It stuck at at 3 bucks for for almost a month there. Gave us some opportunities. And LP uh unchanged. Woohoo. At 158 I think this uh that surprises exactly no one given the weather that we've had. It's been warm enough. Home heating demand has been less. I mean, we were just talking to a guy clear up on the North Dakota border uh who doesn't the snow isn't what it used to be. It's warm. Farmers from all over the country, uh, and even up into the north, there are reporting very warm temperatures. Duh, we've been talking about it forever. It's warm here, too. Um, so, you know, natural gas supplies obviously would build in that scenario. Uh, but again, don't expect lower natural gas prices to be a panacea for, for fertilizer prices. Jeez, I sure hope that it is, and that it puts some pressure on production margins and all that sort of stuff, or, you know, widens production margins and and what have you. I don't know I, whatever the good thing is i want that to happen <laughs> in the in the uh, fertilizer markets let me see if usda or uh, if the national weather service has updated here we go yes the six to ten day temperature outlook we've got above normal temperatures everywhere except basically florida we're near normal down the eastern seaboard we're near normal around los angeles there's a big red spot over the panhandle uh panhandles of texas and in Oklahoma, there going to be hot. Uh, six to ten day precip. Um, on the far left and far right corners, we've got above average precipitation expected and near normal uh, in the center of the uh, of the country. Basically, same type of deal for the eight to fourteen day temperature outlook. Still above normal. Um, some of the uh, some of the precipitation widens into the eastern corn belt there. Uh, thanks to my guest Dwayne Bossy uh, for being on the show today. Man, I I feel smarter. Chip will be back in the morning for the Friday free for all. It's your pal, Davis Michaels. And thanks for listening, everybody. I appreciate you.